doing the film like that. I think it's causing a running out. You see, you're not running out. We're constantly getting um, the faces for each other. No one's going to remember the name of Wix, so better do it now. Okay, we saw this film on the weekend in Australia, but it was actually really brilliant. This is wrong, it is isn't it? I couldn't not write, I couldn't not tell stories. I felt adequately prepared and it was quite terrifying. I've explored what I, what I need to explore. You wouldn't do it if you weren't having fun. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Cinema Australia podcast. My name's Matthew Eels. Uh, In this episode, I'm chatting with screenwriter Claire Harris and director Joanne Brecken, two filmmakers who are breaking barriers with their new film, Zalos, a film helmed mostly by women. Uh, Zalos is described as being a coming-of-age story for 30-somethings. It follows Bernard, played by Ben Mortley, a successful 35-year-old living the perfect life with his girlfriend Sarah, played by Shannon Ashland. Uh, Bernard's pristine existence is turned upside down when Sarah confesses she's done the dirty on him. Uh, To salvage the relationship, Sarah insists Bernard sleep with another woman to level the playing field. It's quite the conundrum. Uh, Deep into post-production, Zelos is also at the final stages of a fundraising campaign through the Australian Cultural Fund. Uh, donations are 100% tax deductible and you can find out more about it by heading to www.cinemaaustralia.com.au and uh, clicking on this podcast's post. Anyway, enjoy. Okay, um, I'm Claire. Uh, I wrote the screenplay and I um, co-produced the film. And hi, I'm Joanne. I directed the screenplay, uh, the film, and, um, and then I co-produced with Claire. As well, and then we kind of did all the other roles in between. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you both for uh, joining the Cinema Australia podcast. It's great to have you. Um, for our listeners who uh, who aren't too sure, tell us a bit about the film and uh, and and its plot. a coming of age for 30-somethings and it's about a guy who's in his, Bernard, as uh, the main character is in his mid-30s, he's sort of lived his life um, everything in his life is sort of um, perfect up until that point he's got a great apartment he's got a great career he's got a great girlfriend, Sarah who he adores and then his world falls apart when uh, Sarah comes back from an overseas backpacking trip and he finds out that she's had an affair so to save the relationship and even even things up, she tells him that he can also sleep with somebody else. So it explores his moral dilemma about whether or not he should take her up on that offer. And if he does, then with who? Um, and obviously that doesn't go very well <laughs> and has a very destructive effect on the relationship. But also in the process, he explores everything about the way that he's lived his life up until that point. Great. And uh, Joanne, when you first uh, read the script, were you uh, was it something that you were immediately attracted to? Yeah, definitely. Well, it was before I read the script. So Claire and I studied together at Afters in 2013 and um, going into the second semester, we all had to work on a long-form project. So we pitched our ideas and the minute Claire pitched the concept in class, I, um, I think I went up to Claire as soon as that class finished and I was like, let's make this film. <laughs> Um, I think I, yeah, I, I wanted to be a part of it then. 
Um, so, you know, you guys have made it uh, quite clear with um, one of the early press releases that you sent out that, that the film is, uh, is mostly uh, helmed by women. Uh, did it just work out that way or was that something that you both uh, intentionally set out to do? Yeah, I mean, we, we definitely set out to... I mean, we set out to attract the best people we could to the project. Um, they just happened to be women. No, um, so we no, we did. We definitely made a choice. <laughs> no, we did. We made a choice. Um, I mean, when we started selecting our key crew, they they were women just through who we'd worked with before and who we wanted to work with on this project. Um, and then we sort of like started getting a bunch of people together and filling some of those key roles we realized that we we did have all women and so we sort of at that point decided well let's let's fill the crew with as many women as possible being that there's that real shift in the industry at the moment Mm -hmm. and um and yeah let's let's get a powerhouse team of women together and make this film and i mean it wasn't all women we had some incredible men on our crew and obviously in our cast um but there was a majority female crew which was really great to work with Um, i think also sorry i think that once we attract once we had a, a core crew of women we seemed to attract more women yeah okay. i think that women were quite um drawn to working on a, a team yeah that was majority women just because that's um for most people was so different to their experience of working in the industry mm. so yeah we seem to get a lot of interest from from other women to fill those other roles in that way sorry so telling uh, people that uh, you know the film's mostly helmed by women has that opened up any any doors in particular in terms of funding, unfortunately, not yet. <laughs> I mean, it was in terms of kind of in-kind support, like Definition Films came on board to support us through post. Um, and, I mean, I think they love the project and the team and, and I think maybe being a female home project was an attractive side of it to them. Mm. Um, but, yeah, not so much funding at the moment. Uh, and uh, Joanne, uh, Ben uh, Mortley brings a lot of experience uh, to the role, having had a good run on uh, it, uh, McLeod's Daughters, uh, Cloud Street and, uh, and Pinch. Uh, was it important for you two to, to have an actor with a few features and uh, bigger roles under, under their belt? Did you find, uh, as a as a director, that you learnt a bit from him? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think you learn something working with every cast member and every crew member. Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely learnt a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, I think. Well, I mean, I guess. Yeah, the whole process was a learning experience, really, and <laughs> and even just you know going from shorts to features is such a huge jump, and like it's a great jump. It's really enjoyable, but you know, even just. You know, shooting with so many cast in one scene and having, you know, scenes with huge numbers of extras and, you know, just um, it's a big shift. Yeah. So I think there was a lot of learning from, yeah, working with everybody. What was the uh, short film that you caught him in? Oh, the Woodcutter. The Woodcutter, that's right. And it was like... Shannon Ashland and Ben Mortley in it. Right, Okay. And it was actually made by a friend of... Mine, so we actually managed to contact both of them that way, which was very yeah. convenient. Yeah, um, yeah, for the, the first meet, the, the initial meeting. Yeah, 
Isn't that a yeah. real bonus in the... Fortuitous. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that a real bonus in the Australian film industry, how you can uh, e- easily reach out to these kind of people? It's great. Yeah, it definitely is. Everybody... That, I mean, I think that's how we contact... We got in touch... We cast all of the film in the end. Yes. Yeah. Is through... Uh, I mean, we watch showreels, but... Um, <laughs> It was sort of getting recommendations and through, like, the actors that we already had, getting, you know, sort of branching out through through the networks of our network. Yeah. And uh, then sometimes just, like, a random Facebook message. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sometimes I get a lot of people complaining to me that uh, we're just seeing the same faces over and over again on Australian television and uh, and in Australian film, and, and yeah. I, I, I think Ben's a, a real uh, breath of fresh air, you know, so it's a great casting yeah. choice. I actually, yeah. caught, actually caught him in a short film called Pale Blue Eyes. Have you have you caught that one? No. Oh, he's terrific in it. He's terrific. It's quite a dark film, actually, so maybe watch it after this one's released. <laughs> well, it was actually quite funny, and Ben doesn't know this. When we met him, we were actually considering someone else for Bernard, oh. and we had Joe and I, before we met him, we're going, oh, what are we going to talk to him about? We, don't, like, we didn't actually know that we had... We weren't sure. We liked him, but we weren't actually sure if we had a role. And then I think after we met him, we just yeah, it was it was a good it was a really good meeting, and um, and then obviously he did a self test for us, and um, yeah, we we knew we'd found our Bernard. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> Um, there's, there's a great line in the trailer which uh, really resonated with me and it, it's the scene between Ben's character and uh, a, a young woman at a party and uh, the, young, the young woman asks Ben if uh, he's older or younger than 40 and Ben says, younger, I'm much younger. <laughs> I feel like uh, that's, that's kind of where I'm at in my life right now, um, you know, where much cooler people can't quite put a, put a finger on how old I am and the response is usually, really, I thought you were much older. <laughs> <laughs> that was a quote taken from real life. I heard that. Really? Because that was my yes. question. Uh, are any of the scenarios uh, based on real life experiences? Yes. Um, yeah. That was. Uh, I mean, a, a lot of a lot of my. I, I don't. My family says that I don't really write. I collect. Right. And <laughs> a lot of um, bits and pieces of dialogue, not necessarily from things I said or things that have been said to me about things that I've heard or stories that other people have told me and that was definitely uh yeah that was a real life incident wow okay so so there were there were quite a few uh, a few um scenarios in the film based on on real life uh none of them were actually actually real life mm. I mean the story itself I you know I didn't happen to me mm. Um, or to anyone I know, but um, characters and, yeah, bits and pieces of dialogue, definitely. Oh, that's fantastic. It gives it this uh, this sense of realism, you know, and uh, and sometimes uh, in some of the Australian films we're seeing at the moment, uh, that's not really the case. Uh, good on you. Um, so yes. I, I want to ask you both about uh, your influences uh uh, as filmmakers, I mean, it's a bit of a, a bit of a cliche that question, but because you guys are the new kids on the block, who, who inspires you guys as as filmmakers? Well, I guess starting out with this project and, and um, doing it with such a low budget, we spent a lot of time looking at the mumblecore movement in oh, the US. Great, great. So um, looking at Duplass Brothers um, and then a bunch of other filmmakers who had you know sort of just took the money they had in their bank account and made a film. Um, and Claire still sends me links most weeks of like a Duplass Brothers speech at some film festival. So um, they were <laughs> hugely, like a, a huge motivating force for us, like not only in the way they just got films done, but their whole attitude towards it was just like 
pick a deadline, take the cash you have, write a script with what you know you can get your hands on and, and make a film. So that was that was a huge influence for us. And uh, and what about you, Claire? Oh, I, yeah, I've been a Dupl- I've been a uh, I mean not just the Duplass brothers, but the Mumblecore movement. Uh, you know, Lynn Shelton, uh, Jill Soloway. Um, not I think their attitude as bit has really, really inspired us and made us believe that it was possible for us to do the same. But also the kind of films that they write, which is, um, you know, they write films within the within the confines of limited locations limited budget but it, what the what they produce is um dialogue driven and character driven stories which was the sort of thing that i was interested in writing anyway and you know before uh, mumblecore i loved uh woody allen and miranda july and richard linklater and uh other it tend to be writer directors who um who write very much in that style is there a mumblecore movement happening in Australia at the moment? I feel like it's growing. Somebody else who we spoke to um, referenced, and I'm terrible, I can't remember the name either, <laughs> maybe the same person, but I think I think that it's something. I don't think that, and maybe just because our population is smaller and our, um, our industry is generally smaller, I, I think, you know, in, in the States it's been, there's been a following for very, you know, micro-budget independent filmmaking for the last 10 or 15 years, whereas here I think we're a little bit behind maybe. Mm. And, um, um, yeah, in the States there there is an audience for that kind of film and there are a lot of filmmakers who are following in that mould. Um, and I think I think it's... I think it is. I think it does exist here. I think it's just on a smaller scale, and and it's and it's something that's probably growing as well. Uh, is that something that you both want to uh, continue with your careers, making these lower, you know, micro budget kind of um, dialogue driven films as well, and uh, the independent films, or do you want to uh, shoot off to Hollywood and make the next uh, big blockbuster? Uh, not to Hollywood, but I mean, I wouldn't say no to a blockbuster. <laughs> out of necessity like I think this whole movement if, if there is one forming and even the, the way that we made choices was that you want to make that step from short film to feature and there's so, such little funding and especially such little funding for drama that it sort of seems like the the way that people make films now like I mean we, we had it called like the credit card film um, <laughs> where you know people just you know borrow 50 grand and make a film I think it's it's so much out of necessity of just trying to get that calling card to go we can make a film you know um so i think and it's definitely a genre i enjoy working in um and i think that it's probably you know worth getting a couple more under our belt um but i mean ultimately i think it would be great to be working with bigger budgets eventually yeah it'd be nice to be able to pay people (laughs) (laughs) and ourselves ourselves included for me because i because i i was a writer it was yeah, like Joe says, it was a necessity. It was a choice between either spending potentially years and years pitching my script to people and um, trying to get funding and trying to get uh, a bigger a production company or a studio to, to take an interest in it, which, and you know, may or may not have ever gotten off the ground. And if it did, it could take years. Or I could take, you know, the resources that, that I, I knew I had and, and you know, I'd, I'd met Joe, and who I knew understood the project, and um, and just just cut, take the, take a shortcut, and just actually get a film made. That was yeah. That's great. So and, what? And I think it also like it's necessity, but it also allows like I mean, 
we've talked about it a lot, it allows creative freedom, especially on your first project, that you have all the creative freedom. Nobody's, you know, with money is holding a big stick to you. And also, um, total mind blank right now is what I was about to say. Really important point. Um, <laughs> what were you just saying, Claire? Um, I can't remember. It's Sunday night and I'm on the wine. <laughs> Yeah, and it's Sunday un- night and I'm on the beers. <laughs> got to unwind. Um, so, yeah, so, so I think I think it is the, the, the level of creative control that we've had, which you will probably never have. I mean, because we're, because we're writer, director and the producers and we don't answer to anybody, and we're, but we're also location managers and things. et cetera, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and... Uh, you know, costume designer, you know, we, we're, we're across everything. And, um, if, you know, obviously we've had great people work with us, but at the end of the day, we're, because it's such a small project and such a limited um, number of people and, and amount of resources, um, it's been completely our, our project, which has been really satisfying. And I think that was my, you, you helped me remember my other point is that, like, it allows you the whole creative freedom thing, but it also allows you to make a film quickly. Mm. So, like you're saying, you sidestep that whole process of having to pitch and go through that whole studio green light process. Mm. I mean, from the time Claire and I decided to make the film and got the cash together to the day we wrapped was six months. Right. So, right. like, which is kind of crazy even by indie film standards, but it allows you to go, right, we're going to make a film this year and we're going to make it the way we want to make it and you can just do it. So now that it's done, uh, what what's your uh, distribution goal for the film? Because uh, the Australian distribution system can be quite complicated uh, at times. So, so what's your goals for distribution? Well, it's not done. <laughs> I wish we could say now that it's done. Um, oh, right, it's, of course. Yeah, you're still in post, right? Yeah, we're still in post. Yeah. Um, so our goal was always to um, to do the festival circuit, mm. um, and then I mean we never especially the way that things are at the moment we and particularly the way things are in Australia we never we never you know a, a theatrical release would be lovely but probably it's probably not for our that's not our main distribution plan yeah. um you, you know nowadays for um indie filmmakers the best distribution strategy is you know towards video on demand mm-hmm. and um yeah and festivals uh, so, uh, uh, how's the uh, crowdfunding going, the campaign? So it's yeah. going well. I mean, and we also just had a, a really great fundraising night, a trivia comedy night that Claire and David, our associate producer, organised, which was fantastic. Um, so, we had a huge support for that and raised um, a good amount of cash there. But um, but we're still not at our goal yet. Um, so, it would be amazing sort of in the next couple of weeks to get to the halfway point. It would be fabulous if anybody's feeling generous before tax time. Oh yeah, perfect. Yeah, that's tax deductible through the Australian Cultural Fund. We had we actually ran quite a long um, crowdfunding campaign, um, just because we wanted to get the ball rolling. But um, we we sort of need to push that. We've now got I think three about three weeks left on it, so we sort of need to now push push the campaign through the next few weeks. Oh, yeah, that's the, hopefully, uh, fingers crossed that you guys get there. I've, I've got a feeling that you will. I, uh, I noticed that... Oh, uh, I noticed that Causeway... <laughs> I noticed that Causeway Films, uh, who made the Babadook, have uh, have thrown in a bit of cash. They have. I actually... Um, I actually was a producer's assistant on a short film for them oh. a couple of months ago. Right. Um, 
yeah, just after all the Zealous Madness, I met the Causeway the Causeway team, um, who are absolutely amazing, Sam Jennings and Christina Seaton, um, among others. And they're they're also they're very interested. I mean, they're doing so well at the moment, but they're very interested in um, you know female driven projects, and they work with. Uh, Jennifer Kent, yeah, you Jennifer. know, it's a very mm. strong female team. Mm. And, yeah, they've been very supportive of our of our film and, you know, and our campaign. And and Sam came along to our, um, to our fundraiser, which was nice. Isn't that fantastic? Yeah, I think there's a lot of support within the... Like, people are generally... Within the industry, people are very supportive of each other. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if that's unique to Australia or if that's... Or, you know, but, uh, but that's what we've found generally. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, well, thank you very much for your time, both of you, and I'll let you get back uh, to what you were doing because it is Sunday night. So uh, thank you very much. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for having us.